All right. Loic Foundry, wide receiver, Texas Tech commits. The basketball team comes up with a valiant effort but falls short at Memphis over the weekend. We hope you had a Merry Christmas. This is Locked on Vandy. Let's go. You are Locked on Vandy, your daily podcast on the Vanderbilt Commodores. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. Ho, we hope you had a Merry Christmas. It is Tuesday, December 26, 2023. Welcome to the Locked On Vandy Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Thanks for making Locked On Vandy your first listen each and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast as well as YouTube as a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And speaking of you everydayers, we hope that you guys continue to be everydayers. Spread the word. This is uh, this will hopefully be the best Vandy podcast that you will get. And so hopefully you everydayers will multiply. So Vandy is very, very, very active in the portal. Clark Lee is doing a tremendous job, him and his staff, Doing a tremendous job in the in, in the transfer portal, filling big time needs. Uh, ever since they hired Tim Beck, you're starting to see all these wide receivers come through in the in the portal. They got their third with uh, with Loic Foundy, and he's a big he is the big target at wide receiver that Vandy needs. Keyshawn Johnson, a little bit shorter at six foot one, uh, Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah Dillon is also 6'1", 6'2", so they're they're decent sized targets. But this, but uh, but Foundy is six foot four, a little lanky, a little bit on the lanky side. But he's six foot four, so he's that tall, big target that they need on the outside. He played his high school football at Midland Lee. Is coming over from Texas Tech University. He was a uh, he was a top one hundred receiver in the class of twenty twenty. So he's got a very very short time here at Vanderbilt and looking to make an impact here versus not being able to make much of one at Texas Tech. So uh, what I like about Luke uh, Loic Foundry is that he is, again, he is a big target. He is somebody that down in the red zone, you can throw the ball up to the back pile and say, hey, go get this thing. And, and he can stretch his his long arms, his tall frame, and get up there and go get it. So, I, you know, watching his watching his high school highlights as well, like you could see a lot of the stuff that translated into his game, like catching the short screens and just kind of maneuvering through traffic. He he's a big target on slants and things like that. He has a big catch radius uh, at six foot four. So that's everything that you need in a wide receiver. So I I'm a big fan of what he's able to do and the impact that he's possibly able to make. So he comes to us from Texas Tech. Uh, he is. He appeared in 45 games. He had a total of 52 catches and 768 yards and seven touchdowns. So not the stats don't jump off the page at you. But again, you can't coach 6'4, 215. You can't coach that. Um, and you can't coach the experience, the leadership. He's been through the COVID stuff. Uh, some of that was was a little bit weird, probably. And uh, so he, he's kind of on the tail end of, of probably what is likely a very odd career. So how does he factor in? Well, 
Again, he comes in, he joins Jeremiah Dillon from Ole Miss and Keyshawn Johnson from Alabama State, two highly, two very productive receivers. Uh, more so Keyshawn Johnson, probably the most productive transfer wide receiver that Vanderbilt has gotten. So you lose London Humphreys, Will Shepard, and Jaden McGowan, right? You replace them with Keyshawn Johnson, Jeremiah Dillon, and uh, Loic Foundry. So I'm thinking the, the roles that they're going to fill – is Dylan is probably going to fill that Will Shepard playmaker role, Keyshawn Johnson, kind of the all-around utility knife that McGowan was, and then uh, your your possession guy, your red zone guy, so it's just somebody that on like a third and short, you need to hit a slant route. Foundy's going to be probably your guy if he can stay healthy. So um, I'm excited about this transfer. I'm excited that people – people are, are interested in Vanderbilt because that was one of the things that I guess that I was a little bit concerned with was the fact that, okay, well, you finished two and 10, you, you had a mass exodus to the portal. There's not much going on with Vanderbilt. Clark Lee's seat is red hot. People wanted him gone this year and rightfully so. He had, he had a pretty pathetic season to be honest with you um you know getting boat raced by UNLV so you're sitting there thinking okay pitiful season get boat raced by uh UNLV uh, you get boat raced by a lot of people on your schedule uh your construction stuff is a mess uh you're putting people in a in a tent as your visitors locker room so that became the butt of a lot of jokes uh and you're notoriously just cheap and uh, don't really care about athletics at all at, at Vanderbilt. Like all those, all those factors were working against you. But now it seems to be that okay, after the season, article comes out. Okay, we're going to spend now in, in NIL. We're going to get more involved in NIL, and we're going to actually give Clark Lee a chance to get some of these recruits. And the result is well. You got three really good wide receiver commits. You've got some some good guys on defense, especially on the defensive line. You've got a really good quarterback commit. And a lot of that was because you were able to hire a good coordinator, which, you know, you had you, you kind of have to take a shot on Tim Beck, and that's okay. Um, you, you knew that was going to happen because, because of the situation. Like, you're not going to get some big-name coordinator to come in for possibly just a one-year one year deal while Clark Lee is, you know, doing his hot seat thing. So, the fact that Vandy's been able to do what they've been able to do, I thought Tim Beck was an absolute steal. Um, I, I, and knowing what we know about New Mexico State now, it was it was bound to happen because <laughs> Jerry Kill just stepped down. I think he's having some health issues again. Um, seizure. He's been dealing with seizures and things like that. And, and uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, Tim Beck has probably been the centerpiece of a lot of these transfers coming in. I think they were waiting for that domino to fall. They were waiting to see who the quarterback was. Well, you get a really good one in Nate Johnson. You sign a couple of really good freshmen. And lo and behold, now you have a pretty good wide receiver room that has a mix of three really good freshmen and three really good transfers and a couple of incumbent guys as well that had an impact last year. So I, I think he – I think. Uh, Foundry adds a lot to the wide receiver room. I think he adds that big target. I think he adds a tremendous amount of experience. And I and that's what really kind of stands out. It's not necessarily just about Foundry. I mean, it's great that he committed uh, and, and did so over the weekend. And 
and really just kind of gave Vandy that pre-Christmas shot of good news. But, you know, you're, you're adding so much more leadership because you were worried coming into the transfer portal season that you weren't really going to get anybody worthwhile and you were going to have to rely on freshmen and you're going to have to get them integrated and used to the SEC game and stuff like that. And with these with the these experienced guys coming in, they've had a range of experience. Not all of them have SEC experience. Uh, Dylan is about the only one that can say he has SEC experience. But the rest have playing experience. They know kind of how the speed of the game goes. They know how defense defenses work at this level. They know what it's like to play in front of people. I mean, there's a lot of things that you don't think about that these young guys or these guys that haven't really played much would need guidance on. And they can provide that as well as provide some really, really good production to replace what you lose in McGowan, Shepard, and, and Humphreys, which can you imagine those three in this offense? I know it's kind of far-fetched, and I would love to imagine it, and I would love to actually see it, but that's not the case. And we're just as excited about these guys. So Luke Foundry coming over from uh, from Texas Tech. I'm gonna have to learn this name. This is gonna be this is gonna be this is gonna be one of those uh, Scrabble all Scrabble team names. Uh, so I will get I will get a hold of that name and perfect it. And if you watch SEC After Dark, you know you know how I am with names, right? <laughs> Takes me a minute takes me a minute even when i see the pronunciation i'm like okay i'm gonna screw this up about like three or four times and then we'll be done but yeah so wide receiver room just got a whole lot stronger bigger target red zone guy i'm looking forward to seeing how tim beck integrates foundry into the system so very very good there again clark lee is doing a tremendous job with this recruiting class and getting getting guys bought in and getting and getting guys just in school getting guys on campus and, and that's that's truly amazing so i'm very very excited that that's happening uh with these new stadium projects it it would be stupid not to invest in football and nil and get players it'd be stupid so you want to get vandy fans in those areas you want to get vandy fans in the stadium that's the overall goal. So, anyway, welcome to the Commodores, Loic Foundy, wide receiver, Texas Tech, committed over the weekend, will likely sign. Looking forward to it. Uh, this is, like I said, this offense is starting to starting to take shape now. Now let's go after before before we uh, before we get into our first break here. Um, they just now need to turn their attention to the offensive line, offensive defensive lines. They need to get some big guys, and hopefully. Uh, Hopefully that's up next. Hopefully that's the next commit video that I do is about some offensive linemen. Steven LaSoya, really good pickup. Just need more. Just need more. Just need some depth. So anyway, there you go. When we come back, we're going to talk basketball. Yeah, there's that sport because uh, Vandy plays that as well. Um, not quite a, not quite as good as, as you had hoped over, uh, over the course of this season, but we'll talk about what happened on Saturday at Memphis. Uh, when we come back next. All right, looking at eBay Motors. Your passion, your drive, and patience. What brings home a winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. eBay Motors. All right, welcome back to Locked On Vandy. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Whenever you get finished right here, uh, make sure you go and watch uh, Locked On SEC and make sure you check them out. Chris Gordy does a tremendous job. I was on there last week. It is a really, really top-quality show. When you're done, let's uh, let's strive to be the most educated conference fan base that we can be. So go and, go and listen to the other shows. Locked on Bulldogs, really, really good show. Locked on Ole Miss with Stephen Willis, tremendous show. Locked on Auburn with Zach Blackerby, really, really good show. Go join Caroline Benton. Uh, locked on LSU. So go Tigers, right? So go go learn about go listen to the Locked On Texas show. I think it's Locked On Longhorns. I think I have to learn that one. I'm still, like I said, I'm still brand new. This is the beginning of week number three. Merry Christmas, by the way. And uh, so I'm still learning all the show's names. But uh, make sure you go through the schedule, Vandy's 2024 schedule. Just start listening to those shows. I don't know that Georgia State has a show. If they did. You'd probably want to listen to it. They just they just rolled Utah State in a bowl game. By the way, that's not going to be an easy game for Vandy in 2024. Just so you know. Um, but uh, anyway, we're talking basketball, right? Now basketball has had their problems, had a lot of big problems. Looked like they'd quit at times. Well, uh, Saturday this past Saturday, they didn't quit at all. They uh, it was a valiant effort. It was a really really good game back and forth. And they fall short, right? They fall short. So um, they fought hard, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing you wanted to see. You fought hard. You lose 77-75. The lead changed hands a lot. Um, you had a, you know, you had a three-point. You had a chance to win it at the end, but it fell short. And, again, uh, the game was at FedEx Forum. Uh, they shot uh, 51% from the field. 50% from three-point range, and uh, in the first half held 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 Memphis to shooting just 32% shooting from the field in that half. They led 36-35, um, and well, let's just say they entered the second half on a at the on the wrong end of a of a 10 <laughs> run uh, sparked by Jordan Williams, um, and it's followed by uh, Ty, Tyron Lawrence um, deep three-pointer. Uh, and, and that kind of got Memphis, that kind of got the momentum back for Memphis and Memphis would kind of just go from there. Um, Ezra Manjon led the team with 13 first half points, uh, while, uh, Tassos Camitros threw in 11 and he had 11. So, uh, a seven run out of the half, 
uh, a 10-0 run. It was just a – it was the second half was just run after run after run after run after run. And, uh, again, the lead changed hands a few times. But uh, it just it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, you, you go cold for a minute. And, and basketball is a game of runs, right, especially in the NBA. But in college, too, like if, if, you, if you have a – if you hit a bad run at the wrong time, team, like teams can gain momentum that way and teams get hot and if a team gets hot and you go on a 8-0-10-0 run if you're on the right end of that usually you're going to be able to hold on because it's just like nudging that game forward uh every time you know when, when it finally regains itself and you're going back and forth again but uh again I, it just you know three-point shots uh, rebounds you know, just communication. I, I think at times where it was lacking, and I think that's kind of what, what, uh, you know, what what did Vandy in, what did us in. Um, Manjon left with cramps. You know that doesn't help. Um, but you know, I just think again, it's, it's it's a communication thing. So when you watch this team, it's just at, at times you have these mental lapses, right? At times you have these. And, and when you have mental lapses, you don't get timeouts from from the head coach. Like you, like there's some there's some points, and if you feel like a run's about to happen, you got to call timeout and try to try to kill that momentum right away. Try to try to get your guys to regather, recollect, and and go. And so when when you're not able to do that, I think you just you just never regain that that composure. You never regain the game, especially on the road. It was a packed house at FedEx Forum, and that's a tough place to play. And you can't, you can't give up momentum like that. And again, and it's not like they played bad. It's just like you you run up against. That's what you run up against, right? A couple of costly mistakes, a couple of lapses in communication, where one guy thinks he's got support and he doesn't. And they get easy, but and they get easy baskets, and they get momentum building alley oops and dunks that that kind of get the crowd juiced up a little bit and put a little pressure on you. That could be the difference in a game, especially on the road, right? And, and they were sixteen and a half point underdogs. They were in a harsh road environment, so you know I I, I think it's it's the, obviously you know for a four and eight team, you hate to point for to a loss as their best performance, but. There's a lot. If they're playing any other atmosphere, any other game, they're probably winning the way they played. But Memphis is a team that just goes on these runs and and makes it difficult, and especially at home. So, um, but it's a it's a it was a harsh road environment. So you you like to see that they had a little bit of poise there. They fought, and it wasn't just a pushover, which is great. And and so I'm 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 very stoked about that. Uh, and it's the answering, right? It's the, you know, they go on these runs and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden the doors just, they just answer and, and it was good. But, uh, you know, you, your star Ezra Manjohn was fantastic. Um, the ball movement, taking tough shots, things rebounding sometimes, you know, at times, um, you know, I, I think the best, the best thing about this game was 
even though there was lapses in communication, even though there was mistakes, and even though they got out out rebounded at times, and even though they just lost momentum, this team played very confident, and very loose, and and that's the thing that stood out to me is that it just they just looked a lot more into it. They they looked a lot more dialed in, um, and they looked a lot more like they knew each other because before it was like it was just five guys that that said hey we need we need some guys to to call next like it was just this one guy rounded up four others to so that he could uh so that he could get next on the basketball court at the y you know it it had looked like that at times throughout the course of the season it didn't look that way this time right um and maybe getting in the conference schedule maybe they found a little something so we'll we'll see if this little spark after Christmas, when they get into the when they get into conference schedule, if that actually does anything. So, um, again, on the road, pretty impressive. So, turnovers you can't turn the ball over. Free throws again. If you miss free throws, that's not that's not good. And just just honestly, just closing out, you know. And that's that's the whole communication thing. That's the whole trust thing. And that's just a experience thing, right? Like you've got to know you've got to know kind of where you are in in a game to be able to close it out. Like you've got to know what we got to do. You've got to like, you almost got to anticipate what, you know, the, the run of the game and you've got to almost anticipate how coach Stackhouse is going to, to manage this thing and, and kind of just go. And so I'm, I'm, I was very impressed with the overall play. I think if you're looking at it, if you're looking for a positive, that's it right there. Right. That's the thing that's going to get. That's the thing that's going to get Vanderbilt maybe sparked, right? That might be a spark plug for them, and that might be something you look at and go, okay, it was the Memphis game where we turned it around for the season, right, and, and made a push. And so, that's those are the kind of things you need as a basketball team, is you need those things. Okay, we can actually we can actually play in a rough environment. Okay, this is not so bad. So maybe, maybe we do this thing, right? Fix the free throws, fix the turnovers, take care of the ball, communicate a little bit on defense so they're not getting such easy shots all the time, and and you're good to go. Like this team right now reminds me of what Georgia was the last the last two seasons, right? The last season under under Tom Crean was absolutely pitiful uh last season with mike white was I, like this game reminded me of what georgia was last year with mike white you know when you watch georgia it was like they're they're coming off the heels of this pitiful pitiful season where it just didn't look like they even knew how to play basketball and you you, you just look like they've never met each other and then you get into a game where they just you know it's obvious that there's a lot of things that they can't do well, and they're trying to compensate for that. And right now, I think this Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt team throughout the course of the season has kind of morphed into, uh, well, what this game really is, they're like, okay, we're scrappy. We're going to play hard. We just don't know how to win team basketball right now. And it's it's painfully obvious. And and that's and honestly, that's coaching, right? And, and that's Jerry, Jerry Stackhouse has got to do a better job of like, the guys are playing hard. They're making shots. They're they're actually playing pretty good defense at times. You have to make sure they're they're communicating and they're in the right spot, right? 
you as a coach have to do that. And that's where he kind of failed Vanderbilt tonight uh, or this after or th- this afternoon as I, uh, as I record this on a Saturday, but this is where he failed them in the game against Memphis is not getting them over the hump. And if they're going to win in if, if they're going to win in conference play, you got to get over the hump. That that's just plain and simple. You got to get over the hump, and you got to communicate, and you got to quit turning the ball over. But players, Vandy players, if you're listening to this, don't do not hang your head after that. This is a very encouraging, very encouraging performance after this game, and just take that. Take care of the ball, talk, and you're talented enough to be dangerous in the SEC. So, basketball, very looking forward to conference schedule. Want to see what this team does when when you get in games against LSU, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky. You know those games. I want to see what this Georgia team does with that. So. I want to see what this uh, Vandy team does with that as well, because uh, Georgia is a very interesting case study. They, you know, they had a coach where it was, uh, you know, they were, I mean, they were probably scraping the bottom of the barrel in in basketball, and they had and they made a really good hire, and so this could be kind of like a, a path that Vanderbilt could follow. Like, okay, maybe this thing doesn't work out with Jerry Stackhouse. Well, you know, you go and get somebody like Georgia got with Mike White. You know, you, you go to a team that where this coach you know is really good, but they have struggling circumstances, and, and you could probably steal them away to come lead your team, which that move was kind of odd at first. And I was like, okay, it's a good move, but I'm like, why would he leave Florida, who's much who's better in a better situation, and go to Georgia? Again, it's an interesting case study. So keep your eyes on, on how Georgia does this year in basketball because I think Vanderbilt could follow a very similar path with, uh, you know, may, maybe Stackhouse isn't the guy. Maybe they get, maybe they move on. Who knows? Uh, he could go on a run, save his job. I don't know. Um, e- either way, I think either Vandy needs a fresh start or you figure things out and you're good at basketball again, which that's the ultimate goal is to be good at basketball again. And right now, between Bryce Drew and Jerry Stackhouse. It just hasn't happened yet. Um, maybe it will. Maybe it just, hey, maybe it just got to struggle through this year, hire the right guy, get a couple recruits in, and in two years, man, you're going to be dynamo. Who knows? Got to let the season play out. But just get the core of guys on this team, get them, get them to start playing together. Get them, get them, get people to, to come back to Memorial Gym and get people to understand that Vanderbilt, hey, they are good at basketball. So uh, we're going to take a very short break. We're going to come back and finish the show. All right. This is the local ad. This is, uh, yeah, make sure, you're, make sure you're locked on. Check out the Locked On Network and all the content that they have on the Locked On Network. Local ad, too. All right, welcome back. Uh, well, I, I rambled on about basketball a lot, so I didn't leave myself enough time to talk about the coaching hires, but I do want to mention them before we get out of here. Melvin Rice, the defensive coordinator and DB's coach from New Mexico State, isn't is indeed coming on board. They're expected to make that hire. Uh, it's not officially official, but they're expected to make that hire, and that would be a really, really good hire. And since we play Auburn, 
that might between Tim Beck and Melvin Rice, that might actually turn that game into a guaranteed win because of what New Mexico State did. Like uh, we're starting to become the uh, the Vanderbilt Aggies. We might as well just change our name to the Aggies because we're about we're we're, we're taking in the entire New, Me- New Mexico State staff. So uh, they did, you know, whew, they they did really really good on uh, on defense out, out there, and so. I was uh I was I was thoroughly impressed what they did. They flew around, they they made plays, they you know, again, it's it's uh it's a good situation to be in uh, and you know, anytime you can get these DBs coached up, it's uh it's good. They they won he helped them win 10 games a year ago. So, uh that's going to be that's going to be an interesting hire there and he's not going to be expected to call the defense. So that's takes a lot of pressure off him. So Melvin Rice um, is uh, is coming on board. Uh, another interesting thing before before we get into the the strength and conditioning hires that Jerry Kill has stepped down. He's resigned to from uh, New Mexico State. Uh, there's conflicting reports, but I think it's health issues. Um, you know, he's he's had some known health issues. That's why he left Minnesota. Uh, after what seemed to be a, a rapid ascension, but he just somebody who deals with a lot of seizures, epilepsy, uh, a lot of health problems that just prevent him from doing what he is really good at doing, which is building football programs. And he did that tremendously at New Mexico State. So it's a shame that he has to leave. Now he did have a little bit of a dust up uh, at, at the bowl game and, and a little friction there. And I hope that's not why they parted ways. But you know, I again. Jerry Kill is a great coach, so you, you you try to wonder what's next for him. Is he just going to retire, chill for a little bit? Is he going to like join as an analyst? There's some rumors that he might come on over to Vanderbilt as like an analyst or some sort of off the field position to where he's not doing the rigors of leading a program as a head coach, and that's something an avenue that he can do to contribute. He's, I mean, hell, he's got two players and. Uh, two staff members with, you know, there with him. So it's like, it's almost like New Mexico East. So uh, that'll be a very interesting thing to keep your eye on, just kind of off the wall topic. And um, as we get out of here, Robert Steiner, strength coach from Georgia Southern, is joining the Vanderbilt staff, has joined the Vanderbilt staff um, as the head strength and condition, head director of strength and conditioning. Uh, very, very coveted position in the world of college football. Was on staff with, uh, with Clark Lee at Notre Dame. So a little familiarity there. Uh, really, really good uh, strength coach, uh, Georgia Southern. Again, obviously, uh, just look at what they do. And uh, and they've done a tremendous job in that area, in that avenue. So be a good welcome addition. Hopefully guys get strong, bigger, stronger, faster. And uh, the whole injury prevention uh, aspect of strength and conditioning is very underrated. So you, you hope that that goes well as um in addition to nutrition, things like that. So uh, very, very good hires this offseason. Vandy's had a quite nice offseason. Um, and judging by the way the season ended, would not have expected that. But it's a pleasant surprise. But um, anyway, well, we're glad to be back from Christmas break. We hope you had a Merry Christmas, and we're going to get back into the groove here. But uh, this is the Locked On Vandy podcast. On our next episode, we'll continue to monitor the portal We'll look at some more basketball stuff and and just kind of update you as things come, because this this um, this offseason for Vandy is very kind of unpredictable a little bit. So uh, we'll we'll come at you each and every day. 
Um, so every day is thank you for listening. We'll see you back here next time on the Locked on Vandy podcast. Anchor down.